you need to do open houses. You need to go to floor shift. You need to meet five new people a day. You need to go to your local events. You need to know the market better than anyone. So if you're sitting at a bar, you know the best $500,000 house. You know the best million-dollar house. You know the best $5 million house, etc. And a lot of people just don't do it. Nor do they say they want to, but they don't do it. So the question is this. How do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, uh, ready for another interview today. I get to interview Bo Palazzola. He's founder of Nest Seekers Colorado. The, we were just trying to talk about all the places in Colorado he is and some of the, the most fun places that people from out here in Austin, Texas get to go visit. So, Bo, how's it going? I'm great, buddy. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we could get you on here. I know we've been chatting back and forth really for a couple months of trying to uh, It's been some back and forth for sure. I know we were going to do this originally in 2022 and now it's a new year and new reset and here we go. And here we go. So the where are you calling in from today? I'm actually in the city. I'm in New York uh, for Inman and then I've got um, the Nest Seekers Q1 Summit coming up here um, on the 30th next week. So I'm in New York City for a couple weeks. What's your Nest Seekers Q1 Summit? What's that? Uh, it's our Q1, our quarter one. So it's a meetup for all of our agents across the world. So uh, we've got about 1,500 agents now and about 30 offices across the, the world. Excuse me. Um, one platform, one corporate own, uh, no franchise. Um, so we get together once a year and try to get as many agents as we can across the world to come to New York City and have a big cocktail party. Cool. Well, we'll jump more into that. When did you become a licensed agent? Yeah, man. So, I mean, honestly, tell my story is really something I've been wanting to do. Um, I haven't really had the chance to tell my story to the public and, and the masses. Um, so, you know, I've never really done much social media to just recently in the last couple of years, um, never done many podcasts. I've only, I think done two podcasts. This is my third podcast ever. Um, so again, it's interesting. I, I, I do want to tell my story, um, cause people come and they're intrigued and, and I am, um, motivating people, which I love and it's driving me more and more. Um, cause real estate really is my, my passion and my purpose, but I've been in the business for five years this year, actually. So this is my fifth year in real estate, um, took it market share in less than 24 months in my market in Breckenridge, Colorado, where I started. And really the rest is history. It's been quite the journey. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, no mentor, no hand me out, nothing literally. I uh, got in a U-Haul truck and moved from Florida to Colorado and didn't know a soul in the state of Colorado. And that was, oh, in 2012, 2013, and uh, got into real estate, like I said, right five years ago this year. All right. So the so you moved out to Colorado 10 years ago. Five years ago, you became an agent. And what was it like when you first became an agent? What got you? In, what, what made you want to get into real estate? Well, so I'm a people person and I've always known that right from day one. I moved to Colorado, like I said, literally didn't know one soul, a couple hundred bucks in my pocket. That's it. I got into the University of Colorado to see you in Boulder. So that's actually how I originally got out to Colorado. And it was actually a funny story. So I left Destin, Florida. I grew up in the Gulf Coast 
and uh, took a U-Haul van to Arkansas, where my grandmother lives, and that's where my family's from, and then st stayed there for a couple of days. And I remember the story like it was yesterday. And my grandmother ended up actually coming out to Colorado, help me move out. It's pretty fun funny and cool story. Um, so just me and my grandma and my dog came to Colorado. She got me all settled in. I had met a guy, long story short, back in Florida in Destin. I grew up in a small beach town on 30A. And I worked at a golf and beach resort there in San Destin in that area in Santa Rosa Beach. And I met a guy there and it was the only connection I had had to Colorado. You know, I've always wanted to blaze my own path. I've always been a people person, um, but I was definitely stuck. I was, I graduated high school in 2011, took a gap year out of high school because I was running the four courses there that when I would graduate. So I started working at golf courses in my freshman year of high school. Uh, and that put me around people, right? I started as a bag boy, literally just lifting the bags up on the carts, but I talked to everyone and I made a point to do that and I got better and better at it. Um, started developing my people's skills more and more and ended up working, like I said, started as a bag boy. Four years later, I was running the golf shops and run, starting in, um, and um, ma managing all of their tournaments. Um, so they asked me to stay a year after high school. I said, yes. And that's when I really decided like, what am I gonna do with my life, right? And at that point, I still had no clue, um, but I knew business and I knew people and that's really it. And that's when I started to apply to colleges and really the University of Colorado was the only one I, one of the only ones I got into. I didn't, I didn't apply to too many. Um, all my friends were going to like Old Miss, University of Alabama, um, you know, UF, Florida, Florida State, et cetera. Um, very much Greek life, very much uh, Southern tradition. And I just didn't want that. You know, I wanted to really get away and blaze my own path. And so I chose a school out West, West Coast, CU, University of Colorado, and ended up getting in. And so really went out there on a whim and rented my friend's couch is how it all started and ended up only going to school for one semester. So that's something that is important in my story is the beginning. Um, I'm a dropout, so I never finished college. Uh, went to the University of Colorado for one semester, found Breckenridge and truly the rest is history. Um, but once I moved to Breck, I knew that I didn't want to work a nine to five as far as like a normal traditional job. I didn't want to work in the restaurant business. I was not a retail guy, nothing like that, never had been and never will be. So I was actually driving around one day, just me and my dog, Bogey. I took my, my dog with me. Like I said, I got him when he was six weeks old and he lived his first year in Florida and he just passed away and, um, in August, but he made it to 12. So I've had him, you know, had him, we, he was literally with me my, my whole journey of, from Colorado to just about six months ago. And um, I was driving around one day with Bogey and I saw a property management company and I knew that, you know, property management didn't know much about it, but I knew that it involved a lot of just self desire, self push, um, cause no one's really breathing down your, your, your neck. No one's really looking over you. Um, cause you are out on the job site a lot. I did know a property manager prior and, um, knew he was lazy and didn't really get the job done, but knew that he had a lot of free time. Right. Um, and so that's what I wanted. I just wanted someone not to really breathe down my neck and tell me what to do every second of every day. So I literally walked into this property management company, didn't have a for sales or excuse me, didn't have a job help wanted sign on the door, no ads in the paper. They were not hiring at all, full transparency. And I remember I walked in there two hours later, I'm still there talking to the owner and he actually created a job position right there on the site for me. It was their first ever assistant manager. And, uh, and I was a, a assistant to a primary manager. And within 
three months, I was a primary manager. Within six months, I had a free manager's apartment. And within a year, I had a manager's credit card and a manager's truck. And I was on salary doing the same jobs that he had managers doing for 20 years at that company. Um, and, you know, and I had got to the top in a year. And it was amazing. And it, and it literally gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. But it, it all goes back to I leaned into a situation, right? And I valued that relationship. And looks what, look what it did for me. It allowed me to stay in Breckenridge, one. And two, really, really understand what I want. You know, I, I was a bum, you know, definitely. Uh, when I was property management, um, still lost for sure. Um, that's why I'm so blessed that I found my purpose and my passion in my twenties and not my thirties, you know? Um, and I tell myself that every day, but I knew at the beginning that this was not enough for me. And I told my old boss, Rich that, and, and he saw it and he respected it, but I was there for four years. I was there for over four years. I mean, I could tell you fun stories, but Rich, my old boss, I respect him to the day I die. And he really did, you know, it all, it's all about, you know, luck, right? And, and having those breaks, but also noticing those breaks. I feel like a lot of people go through life not never truly noticing doors that open for them, right? And then it's the ones that take those little opportunities, stick their foot in that door and slowly work it out, well, you know, work, you know, work its way open over time. But I did notice that opportunity that he gave to me. I mean, he would, he, I remember he loaned me um, money to buy my first snowmobile and I paid him back every paycheck to paycheck because that was the lifestyle out there and, you know, being able to go outside and enjoy those activities. Um, I was, I was real into snowmobiling and dirt bikes and I had a wakeboard boat and I had all the toys you can think of as I got into my career in real estate, obviously I was able to afford those, but this is all starting out literally paycheck to paycheck. And um, my old boss literally bought me a snowmobile. It was really, really cool. You know, it was a special moment for me. But just knowing that what's next, right? And I went to Rich and it was such a powerful conversation because he already knew what I was coming to him about before even really opening my mouth. And I just said, you know, buddy, like, I want more. And he said, I know that. I see it every day. I can't give you more. And that's when it was really a light bulb moment. And it was an aha for me that is what's next. And I knew that it was real estate because I truly am a people person and I know how to build relationships very easily. I find a common ground, a common connection, and I, I go from there. Um, and it does come very natural to me. So Rich actually, um, you know, one of the first property management companies in Breckenridge, been there for 35 plus years now. Um, does purely HOA exterior management. So we don't do any short-term rental stuff like that, just building and landscape main, uh, maintenance and management. So he knew one of the top developers in Breckenridge um, and one of the first real estate, one of the, one of the first real estate agents there, literally. Um, his name is Bob Gervin. And Rich said, you got to go meet Bob. It's the only guy I know in real estate. You know, take it, take it or leave it. Take it for what you can. And I said, sure, please. Thank you so much. And, you know, whatever, you know, time goes by. And sure enough, you know, long story short, I, I go have a, finally set a meeting with him. And I remember this too, like, like it was literally yesterday. And there's a few things I've taken in my life through this young career that I've had so far that really do stick with me. And I have a couple of them I want to share, but this is definitely one of them. And it's the first thing I ever learned in real estate. And this is actually, this is what I tell all my new agents. And I've got 17 agents now working for me. But this is what I ask all of them. This is what I tell them is there's two ways to do real estate. And this is what this guy told me. And he was the original developer of Beaver Run, one of the first ski resorts in Breckenridge. 
Um, he's over 90 now, still selling real estate. I mean, he's a legit legend in the Breckenridge real estate market. And he said, Bo, there's two ways to do real estate. And he looked at me in the face, he said, you either go be someone's assistant and do whatever they say, or dive head first in and don't look back. And I literally took that advice literal and I dove head, head first in, got my license, and I knocked on a thousand doors my first week in the business. And that's how I got my first listing. I got my first listing two weeks in real estate. Didn't know one soul. Did not have a mentor because Bob never offered to talk to me again. So that was just a one-time conversation. And sold my first deal and sold 17 homes my first year in the business. Did over 20 million in sales and literally came out of nowhere. When I say I came out of nowhere, I have a red X on my back bigger than the state of Colorado. <laughs> so it's been uh it's been quite the journey and but that's something that literally stuck with me you know is the dive head first in and don't look back or go be someone's assistant and literally do whatever they say and i just took that advice and i dove head first in and like i said it's been five years this year i've done over 300 million in career sales i broke the record for the highest price ever in the history of Breckenridge, highest price home sale at 17 million. And then five days later, turn around and broke the highest price land sale at 15 million. Um, but let's backtrack. I don't want to get too into that. I started my, my career at Remax, um, you know, literally just going to all the different brokerages in town, knowing that who's going to hire me. I don't have any experience. And so of course we all start at Remax or Coldwell Banker or one of these, you know, what I consider, um, you know, an entry level brokerage, Keller Williams, et cetera. And that's what I did. So I didn't know any of the difference. I honestly didn't. But now I look at it and I say, when I was at Remax, I was in the minor leagues. And when Sotheby's recruited me, I got brought up to the big leagues. And I believe that. And that's what happened. So I was at Remax. I became their best rookie agent ever at Breckenridge in the history of that office. Um, like I said, I did about 20 million plus in sales my first year. And then Sotheby's recruited me. I was with them for about two years and became their number one agent overall um, and out of the Breckenridge office and also one of their top rookie agents ever out of the Breckenridge office. And that's when it all started coming together for me as far as what do I really want and what can I do with this business, right? And, and that's when I knew that I wanted luxury and not kind of to get too far ahead because I really want people to understand my story in detail. But, you know, People see me on Instagram now and social media and getting on the jets and, and flying all over and having that lifestyle, but it really is what I've put into it, right? And, and working those 80 to 100 hour work weeks when I was at Remax, the first 24 months in the business and, in, and doing all the back end stuff that no one really sees, right? I mean, again, this business is the little stuff. I've learned it all on my own. I'm 30 years old, just turned 30. And I've taught literally everything I've taught myself. I've, I've done it just through experience and failure. I could tell you a funny story. I was literally, when I was at Remax starting my career, I would fly to Beverly Hills on Tuesdays just to go to broker tours, just to go to broker caravan. So like, I, I, I know I think differently, but I know that people think the way I do. It's just actually doing it and I'm not scared to do it. You know, I mean, it's, an, it's zero intimidation is what I say um, and consistency. But I would seriously, no joke, Aaron, I would go, I would, I would, I would take, you know, at this point I was just starting out. I, I hadn't sold a couple houses yet. Um, I remember the first deal I ever sold, I think I made $15,000 and I was, 
And I remember I called Rich, my old boss, and, and I was still working property management. And I said, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm going full-time real estate. And I thought $15,000 was a lot of money back then. And I remember investing that whole 15K into myself, right? You know, and I would, I would, I would literally fly, you know, commercial to, from Denver to, to LAX just on Tuesdays to go to broker caravan so I could meet S Sally Foster Jones and Josh Flagg and Josh and Matt Altman with the Allman Brothers and Tracy Tudor and these big names that I would see on Million Dollar Listing, you know, just from, just from, just what I thought was right. Um, but I wasn't intimidated and I thought outside the box and I said, hey, I'm going to actually fly here and meet these people when I know they're actually hosting their own open houses. So then I, I, I befriend, you know, some local nobody agent on Instagram and pay them, you know, a hundred bucks uh, to get access to their MLS and get their uh, broker caravan sheet for that week or whatever. And I would know exactly where each, each broker is going to be at that listing. And I would just show up. And I remember this, I showed up in Malibu one time at Chris Cortazzo. He's number one in Malibu. I showed up at his open house, a $75 million house on PCH. And he looked at me like, like literally, who is this kid? Like, leave me alone. Right. And, and literally two other times I show up and then he starts to recognize me. And same with Sally Foster Jones. Now I take her to the Beverly Hills Hotel for lunch every time I'm in LA. And it's just a powerful testament of what I've done, you know? Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used Line Desk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Up Boss gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform, yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show.
So I like I like that whole mindset, right? So you're flying out to Beverly Hills, and I guess with that you're trying to you're trying to meet them and then let them know essentially like, hey, if you guys have any any clients that are interested in Breckenridge, like I'm your guy out there. Well, not even that, Aaron. Like I, I was so self made in this business that I just wanted to learn from the best, literally. So I thought to myself, I'm going to go to the best, and I'm going to do what they're doing, and then I'm going to do more. You know, I, I had I had a billionaire in Montana. I've landed in Montana. And I had a hedge fund billionaire tell me once, Bo, you have to be weird in a good way. Okay. You have to be weird, but in a good way. And that kind of stuck with me, but you need to do what everyone else is doing, what the best is doing and do more and do better than what they're doing. So really it wasn't for networking purposes. I mean, networking, definitely um, referrals, not so much. It was really just to put myself in their shoes and learn their world. And I did, you know, and now. So you were just there to study him. You're like, you're yeah. in the flat there and you were going to study him. And after a while, if they recognize you, maybe you could get a coffee or maybe you could get a lunch. And you could just ask more questions. Exactly. Exactly. And you say you didn't have any mentors. Like you were creating uh, the mentors as you were doing that from the, from the guys that you've seen on TV, guys and gals you saw on TV. You know, let's go, go back a little bit to where, so you first started working for that property management company, right? And you were like the assistant, the assistant. You was like just getting started, no experience. How did you grow so quickly in that? Because, Partially before that in your lifestyle, you were like, Hey, you, you worked at a golf course. Like you were a go, you, you, you said like you were a go getter, but you also said you were kind of lost. Like what was it that set you apart from the people that had been in that business for, for 15 or 20 years that helped you kind of catch up? Because within a year you had caught up, you had gotten as promoted as you could be and you were an equal to anybody else in the business. Um, so just, just really quick, like what, what was it that helped, helped you then? I think honestly, it's my, it's my, it's myself, right? So at the end of the day, I mean, of course, I talked about being lazy and then not knowing a direction, but I knew that I was always going to be someone. And, and when I have a very strong mind and a very strong will, so when I tell myself I'm going to do it, I do it. Now, typically, if I say that, it, and it, it's gotten a lot better in the beginning of my career, in the beginning of, you know, just me becoming a man and an adult, um, I'd have to tell myself that a few times where it actually would, would happen or actually I would do it, you know, but now I'm at the point where if I say something, I do it. Every goal I've wrote down, I've accomplished. But I think ultimately I had a light bulb moment where I was a bum and I said, I am going to do something. I made the change and I stuck to it and I, and I did it. I've always been a hard worker. I've never been scared of hard work. Um, the old, my old managing broker at Sotheby said I'm literally the hardest working kid. I mean, he called me a kid, but I'm the hardest working kid he's ever met in his life. I'm the hardest working agent he's ever met in Breckenridge and Summit County, et cetera. And he said this multiple times. So I know that I'm not scared to work hard. I think it goes back to that, but I think it goes back to everyone and especially myself needed an aha light bulb moment to really start that process. Right. So what would, what, what advice would you give to somebody that's listening here that like really isn't a real estate agent yet? And they just got their foot in the door somewhere and they're like, that sounds great. Like, like, yes. And the next year, cause you see it both ways. People say like, go work for somebody and it can end up to be something awesome. And then you see some people do it, but then other people complain after they're like, no, I volunteered. I tried and, but I never got that big promotion. Like I went to work for that guy, but then I never got that big promotion. So like, so, so is it just work ethic? Like what advice would you give? I mean, honestly, Aaron, it's consistency. I mean, I, like you just mentioned, I've had agents in this industry come to me and say, what do I do? And I said, you need to do open houses. You need to go to floor shift. You need to meet five new people a day. You need to go to your local events. You need to know the market better than anyone. So if you're sitting at a bar, you know, the best $500,000 house, you know, the best million dollar house, you know, the best $5 million house, et cetera. And a lot of people just don't 
do it, nor do they say they want to, but they don't do it. Um, but I, I will say this, I've had a lot of new agents come to me and say, what do I do? And I say, do an open house, right? And that's a great start for a new agent. And then they come to me after the open house and say, Bo, no one came, what do I do? And I say, go back tomorrow. And they say, no, I don't want to. And I say, well, good luck, never talk to me again. And I say, and I mean that in the nicest way, but I talk to so many people now in my life that I don't have time. I can't want it for you as much as I want it for myself, right? And I know that in this business, it's consistency, that's it. So I know that you have to show up more than once. You need to show up a thousand times, 10,000 times to really make, make it in this business. Real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Thank you for letting me interrupt for a second. I've got something really, really important to talk about. You know how last year we kept talking about that mastermind? What is the mastermind? What are we talking about with that mastermind? Last May, there were like 60 or 70 people of you listeners that had never met, flew out to Austin, Texas. We all hung out at this awesome event center and we spent a couple days with some great guest speakers talking about skills and strategies to succeed in real estate. And then we had these mastermind tables where everyone rotated, everyone got to meet everybody, everyone got to provide value. Some of the agents there had only done one or two deals ever. Some of the agents there had done hundreds of deals and they all got to interact and help each other build their business and build their strategies. And I've heard so many stories of friendships that came from that, of referrals that have come from that. There were six or seven people at that one that heard me talk about doing an Ironman and we all did an Ironman together in, in North Carolina last month and we had never even met before the podcast live. So the it was, it's, it's been such, such a cool experience. The, I would love it for you guys to come. Today's March 6th through 8th. The signups right now, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind. We also have a room block set up. It's three days, downtown Austin. Great, really cool hotel, really cool uh, convention center that we're going to be hosting it. And we're going to get a chance to, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait for you to meet other listeners. I can't wait for you to develop these new interactions. And really what we're teaching, yeah, last year it was like, how do you make a business better? But the market was just starting to turn. And I was trying to give some people some advice of what to do when it, when it was happening. Now it has turned. And this time we're going to be talking so much about how to pivot and what to do next. So uh, again, I hope you signed up for the mastermind. Sorry for such the long advertisement, but I can't wait to meet you. Ibendigital.com forward slash mastermind. So let's jump then to your first two weeks in real estate as an agent. You go knock on a thousand doors, right? So you're, that means you're pumping out like the, well, you know, 150 a day as you're out there. What, and you had to teach yourself the script. So what was that thousand doors like? What was, what was the script uh, that you were using out there and, and, or what, like as an agent today, what should the script be? I mean, I developed an elevator pitch that became so true to me, you know, to where I honestly find a common ground and a, and a common connection to where I don't talk about real estate. I don't talk about money. And I instantly try to find that connection, whether it's you and I just before getting on, you know, don't come into BRAC, you know, and, and then talking about skiing, et cetera. It can be something very small. It can be something very big, but typically if you can just leverage into one common connection and then build off that, that's what's helped me the most. Um, and then really being very confident in myself. So zero intimidation. I don't get intimidated. I especially do not get intimidated by wealth. 
Um, but knowing that at the end of the day, you need to talk to as many people as you can in this business because it's a really relationship business. And I've learned um, one of my good buddies, Ricky Caruth, and I learned this when I was back in Remax when he was at Remax. Um, is the relationships over deals. Okay. And, and that is true. You know, and he says it a hundred times a day. Um, I say it a hundred times a day to myself. I manifest everything in my life, but I will say that, you know, a deal will pay you one time. I've had that happen. A relationship will pay you for the rest of your life. So when I'm going through these, this process of meeting people, I obviously have my elevator pitch, who I am, why me, etc but it comes off so genuine and so real that I've never had someone call my bluff or, or BS. And I do think too, as agents that are new agents, and it's kind of a catch 22 because I'm saying this right after the fact of being genuine, but also knowing how to fake it till you make it. Yeah. So, I mean, so much of our, everything on our podcast is giving like actionable tips that someone can go try tomorrow right? That someone can go try today. So like for someone yeah. that's never done, for someone that's never door knocked before, right? Now they're like, okay, I'm a new agent. The, if it's just about volume, I'm going to go door knock a thousand houses like Bo did the, so what's, what elevator pitch should they be starting with? Is it just, yeah, Hey, I, I'm I, a new I, agent. Like, yeah, what, what's it? like I, what can they copy and go do tomorrow? I think if you're a brand new agent, you need to figure out first where you want to be and where you want to sell. You need to know what neighborhoods, what streets you like, where you're passionate for. Okay. And then you just need to jump in and do it. So it's just start knocking on the doors, but not telling people that you're a brand new agent, not telling people that you're just here to get their business. Just talk, add value, right? And just be a human. Because at the end of the day, you can say, you can introduce yourself, obviously let them know that you're a real estate broker. You're, you're, you know, your brokerage is right down the street who you are. But just say, hey, just introduce yourself literally. And I've had, you know, hundreds of people slam the door in my face. And 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 don't get me wrong, you know, door knocking was never something I did, I will say, consistently in my business. It's something I did in the beginning because what I developed is what I call is blitz marketing. And I blitzed my own marketing in the beginning. And I did it for 24 months straight. Now I haven't knocked on a door in three years. Okay. So understand that. But I will say just doing it and introducing yourself and showing that you have value to add, right? That you just want to be a friend and you're just there to help. Breckenridge is a very small community. So, you know, a lot of times you're able to talk about local events. You're at, you're at, you're able to ask them if they went skiing that day, you know, if, you know, it's little things like that. So find, find a common ground, common connection, knock on the door, say, Hey, I'm Bo Palazzolo with Nest Seekers. I've, you know, I'm a real, local real estate agent in the, in the neighborhood. I was just stopping by to say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, I don't want to talk about the value of your house or anything like that, but just let me know if you ever need help. Literally, just ask if you need help with anything. I mean, I've done stuff from literally watching my clients' cats to changing cat litter to helping people move furniture to, you know, it all. Um, so just know that going above and beyond, I say this, go above and beyond and always exceed clients' expectations by offering to do the littlest things and the most random things. Um, you know, if, if a driveway needs to be shoveled and you go knock on a door, offer to shovel their driveway while you're there. Yeah. So but I'll the, say something else too, Aaron. Introduced... And this is kind of yeah. fun. You know, we can do this. We can do this all day. But another one I will say that works for a new agent is network alone. Go to local events alone. Go to a local bar and drink water alone. 
uh, know the top events any month, any given month in your community. And I'll say this, if you go to a bar, always sit in between two people and always talk to the person on your right first and then always talk to the person on your left second. And it's amazing how those two people have complete different life stories and typically you end up talking about real estate. Yeah. Just from, just from getting, you know, just going through, going through the motions and getting yourself out there than actually just doing the volume. You also mentioned, so then in the first 24 months, like, so you get started, you're like, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to dive in head first. I'm going to teach it myself. You know, within a couple of weeks, you get your first listing. But then you said also what you did when you're back with, with, with Remax is in those next first two years is you kind of did everything else. Right. And what is that? Like you said, the back end, you know, the other things every, everybody isn't doing, the blitz marketing. So try to do a little bit of a how to guide with that too. So now we've also got a couple, you know, some agents listen to the podcast. They've been around for, for four or five months. And so they're getting, they're getting their leads through their door knocking or something else. But now, like, how do they take that and just throw gasoline on the fire and make it grow? How do they go all out? What's that stuff they should be doing during those first two years? Well, you have to lean into every situation. I mean, you know that. I know that. I've been taught that in my early life. I know you've been taught that. You live by it, I'm sure. But leaning into every situation, I tell my new agents, meet five new people a day. Hand your card out to five new people a day and really lean into every situation. As a new agent, you know, you have to do open houses. You have to do floor time. You have to go to local events and you have to just show up, right? I know like there's stats on that, but you'd be amazed I'm, and you know, but I get amazed every day about just not showing up. I, I have... 17 agents now and i would say a dozen of them are brand new okay and if i go to the office my office on main street breckenridge at 10 a.m on a saturday and my competitor across the street is open and we're not that that's a problem that pisses me yeah. off okay and that's yeah. because i've given new agents a platform to succeed and now they're not taking they're not taking that opportunity so as a new agent the first 24 months in the business you need to go to the best in your market you need to try to learn from the best shadow from the best and then be better than the best but then you also need to lean into every situation go to every broker tour every Tuesday, every Thursday for broker caravan. You need to go to every open house you ever see in your life. That's, I mean, anywhere in the world I go to, I see an open house, I stop what I'm doing and I go inside. Just how my brain works, right? But real estate, you can't shut it off. So, you know, I think new agents need to learn that there's no balance, okay, to this, that really it's more of a circle. So it's a work-life circle, I would think, because you can't turn it off. So think about this. If it's a balance, then you have to turn one on, one on or one, uh, one on the other off. And we're always on the clock. You never know where your next deal is going to come from. So you can't truly turn this off. So I think if you're an agent and you're getting in the business, you have to ask yourself if, if this is your purpose and if this is your passion. Because um, my dad told me, and I'll never forget this, he died when I was 11, is figure out what you're good at first and then find a way to make money doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Figure out what you're good at, figure out what you like. The and I like to I like the stat, you know, the concept of just showing up. Because there is so much because no matter who what ape no matter what agency you sign up with, whatever brokerage, whatever team, whatever anything, they all provide something that's trying to be their value. They provide meetups or they provide training or they provide speakers or they provide floor time or whatever. There's, there's something happening and it always drives me crazy when I see it. Cause a lot of people I talk to, they'll, they'll host a training for like their local office 
for their agents, right? They've got 10 or 15 agents and they'll bring in a guest speaker to come in and talk to them about something. And then four agents show up, right? And it's like, and then the other 11 are the ones that are complaining about broker splits. They're trying to figure out like, well, what's in it for me? Like everybody, like so many agents out there right now, especially as the market gets tighter, everybody's counting their commission, right? And they're like, well, maybe if I go to this place, it's an 80-20 split instead of my 70-30, maybe that's going to help. But they also seem to be the agents that aren't actually showing up to put in any of the work. So the so It's unbelievable, the, Aaron. I, I mean, I, I see them come and go now in my early career, so I've, I've seen it. But, you know, I can't want it for them as much as I want it for myself. I've said that, but I mean it. Um, and it's true. You know, I mean, it's just, it's interesting. I call it right now. And I don't know if you've heard this recently, but I, I, it's separation season is what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people can switch brokerages all day, but at the end of the day, it's your own brand and it's your own you. It's Bo is why I get these listings. It's Bo why I have these clients. It's Bo why I broke these records, you know? Um, I want to go into a story when I was, when I went from Remax to Sotheby's, um, I was starting a team in Sotheby's and at the time the local Sotheby's franchise, if you know, you know, obviously Sotheby's is mainly franchised throughout the U S I think there's 52 corporate owned Sotheby's. Everything else is franchised. And I'm not a franchise guy because there's too many layers. You can't talk to the top. It's too chopped up in my opinion. Um, and it, and it actually proved itself. It proved that to me by being with, with the live franchise of Sotheby's at the time. And I wanted to start a team and they didn't, they discouraged teams. They did not encourage teams at all at this time in this office. So I actually demanded that I had a team and it was crazy how I just started disrupting the industry from my local market and now just growing out and out and out. And, and, you know, and I ended up leaving Sotheby's because I saw growth, right? I saw that, that we needed change. So I ended up going, um, you know, I've been courted by everyone at this point, but I went down the road with compass and uh, Robert Repkin made me an offer and, um, you know, they bought me. And um, it's crazy because it's a testament to what you're saying now. And I want everyone to really, really hear what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, it's your own brand. Okay. So I took probably about 25 million in active listings off the MLS from Sotheby's. And, you know, Sotheby's did not like that. So they made, you know, all my individual clients email my managing broker directly and say, you know, we want this listing to go with Bo and so-and-so. And so they had to individually release all of them. And I remember this, I remember like, I mean, it, some of these moments I just, I literally will never forget. And they're just so clear and vivid still. Um, but I went to all my clients and the story really gets good. And I went to all my clients and I said, I said, all right, guys, we're going to go to this new big technology firm, this big tech giant called Compass. It's the new best thing, blah, blah, blah. And they all said, sure, Bo, go for it. You know, we believe you. And I said, okay. So I went, I pulled about 25 million in active listings off the MLS. We were down. We were not active for about a week, which means we could have lost a sale, to be honest. And then no BS. I remember this. It was Mother's Day weekend. I took my mother to Florida, our hometown, and one last time before she passed. And um, it was crazy. They Compass Corporate HR, um, Human Resources, called me and pulled the plug on me within 48 hours of going live with Compass. It was the craziest thing that ever happened. And they just kept saying, you're not a cultural fit. And at that point, I knew two things, sabotage, blackmail, one of those two things, right? I mean, I didn't know what else to think. Um, cause 
I'm self-made in this industry. I know I have a red X on my back. I know that I was looking to go into Vail where there's another agent now that's the founder of that area that's now Compass that was Sotheby's. So, I've, you know, looking back, a lot of it has come to light, but I still don't have a direct answer. So anyways, not to beat around the bush, but I had all my listings pulled from Sotheby's and then I put all my listings with Compass off market still though. So to the public, we were not, I was still, you know, a Sotheby's brokerage. I haven't made the public announcement yet, but I'm now Compass, the founder of Compass Summit County, founder of Compass Breckenridge was my title. And they said, no, you're, we're done. We decided not to, it's not a cultural fit. I kept saying why, I kept saying why. I mean, I cried, I, I, I went out. When I mean, was, was this? This was, this was two years ago. This was two years okay. ago. And I remember my, I didn't, it was crazy. I remember I went down to the beach and I sat there by myself on the boardwalk for like two hours. And I thought about everything that I could have done wrong, right? Because at that point, I was kind of second guessing myself. Like, what in the hell did I do wrong? Like, why is this happening? And I couldn't come up with anything. I mean, to the point where I know I didn't do anything wrong. I know for a fact, right? And so then I knew it was sabotage. I knew it was blackmail. I knew it was something. But I had to hold it together, okay? And so in that moment, I was basically... I was, uh, I mean, I was fired. I was fired. I don't know. What do you want to call it? I, I was jobless. Okay. And I had 25 million or excuse me, 25 active listings or about 25 million plus in active listings. It was a dozen or so listings that was in La La Land. I mean, think about this. So now that there's Sotheby's listings, now they're Compass listings. Now Compass pulled the plug on me. Now they're not Compass listings, but I haven't told my clients this yet. That's the big wow here. So then I sit on the beach and I individually call all my, all my clients, I swear to God, I can't make this up. And I said, Hey guys, we're not going to go compass now because I decided it's not best for us. We're going to start my own brokerage, the Day Palazzola group, and we're going to go with us. And it was just unbelievable, Aaron, how all of them said, Bo, I don't care if you start Bo real estate, this is your listing. And that was such a testament to who I am and what I've done. So I went back up to our condo, didn't even tell my mom what had happened. Literally didn't even tell her. I, I'm the master of shoving stuff down deeper and deeper. I don't show much, much emotion, never have. I'll tell you another story um, that will you know prove that, but didn't, didn't, show, didn't show any emotion at all and kept living my life that weekend, blah, blah, blah. It was a great Mother's Day weekend on the beach. That following Monday, I, I literally built my business in 48 hours. On one weekend, I built my business. Got the LLC, got everything lined up, got the logo, et cetera, did the whole um, you know, national association, whatever we needed to do, and called my business partner, Tom Day, who was with my, he was my partner in, in Sotheby's. I had brought him in. Um, he, he's a real cool guy. And you know, I was strategic on that as well. You know, I, I built that business knowing that my mother, and, and I haven't talked about this, but you know, I've had a lot happen in that five years that I've been in real estate. So, you know, I got licensed in real estate. I met my now ex fiance and had my mother tell me that her, you know, that she was diagnosed with, with stage four terminal cancer and had six months to live. All these happened within two weeks of each other, which is crazy to think about, you know, but fast forwarding now to where this happened, you know, I built all this knowing that I would want to, two things, step away when my mother passed, which I did, and 
to being able to expand and grow outside of Breckenridge because it's not a big enough market for me. But anyways, I brought Tom in, Tom Day, my business partner. I started, like I said, started my, my team with him at Sotheby's. And I said, Tom, we're starting our own brokerage. He flipped out. I mean, he was freaking out. And, and, it, and what's even more crazy is once Sotheby's found out that Compass pulled the plug on us, they tried to separate us and recruit him back, but not me. I mean, it was so much drama behind the scenes. It was crazy. And now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm freaking able to talk about it because it's my story. And so we literally on Monday morning started our own brokerage, the Day Palazzola Group, and went live with about 25 million plus in, in listings, which isn't a bad start. But then what's crazy is that week later, I got a new listing for 17 million. We listed it for 18 million. It was the new record um, at the time in the history of Breckenridge. And not even five days after getting that listing, I sold it full price cash. Well, for 17 million, I sold it for 17. We listed it 17.9, so not full price, but sold it for 17 million cash, five day close. It was amazing. And then a week after that, I turned around and broke the record and sold the highest price land ever in the history of Breckenridge at 15 million. So then if you think about it, I didn't break these records um, under these big name brokerages, right? I broke these records under a little old Day Palazzolo group, you know? So I was so blessed really how all of it ended up working out and how it gave me instant credibility into the luxury market. And now, truly not looking back, the rest is history. I knew I wanted to merge my company with a very high-end luxury corporate-owned brokerage, you know. And I knew that that was either Douglas Elliman, I knew that was either Nest Seekers, I knew it was Corporate Sotheby's, or you knew it was Compass. But Compass was already out, right? So at that point, I was really focused on Nest Seekers International. But the reason why I'm telling this story and, and not to get too scattered is. You know, you guys can pick different brokerages all you want. I've been with five brokerages, kind of to go back to your point here. And I didn't change because I wanted to. I didn't change because I had to, or, you know, necessarily because um, I wanted to. I changed because, one, I had to, but, two, I saw more opportunity and I wanted more freedom, right? But I knew at the end of the day it was my own brand and my own worth is why I've become so successful. So I'd like for all these new agents to really understand it's all about what you put into it. There's no floor, right? So if you don't sell shit, you're not making shit, but there's also no ceiling in this business, right? And like your podcast, I mean, we really truly are the rock stars of the world now. And I believe that because there is no ceiling to what you can make in this business. Yeah. Yeah, the one of the best parts about real estate is the anybody can get in, regardless of your education, regardless if you dropped out of college. The um, and really like whether you're a first year agent or you've been around for five years, you could you could be an agent for five years with five different brokerages and not do anything, and then today decide I'm going to work harder this year. 2023 is going to be my year, and there's nothing. No, there's no barrier that's going to stop you from doing that. Now there's a lot less volume happening right now. Like you're going to have to work harder than maybe you would have a couple years ago, but there's plenty of people that are throwing in the towel right now too. So that's, so this is the time when, you know, all stars, new rock stars are born. Let's jump into some stats really quick. We only got a couple minutes left, but like, what's your average sales price up there? What sort of volume are you going to do this year uh, yourself and, or, or is it all with the team now, or do you still do some of the stuff yourself? Uh, yeah. So my main office is in Breckenridge, but when I merged with Nest Seekers to be the founder for Nest Seekers Colorado, we immediately went into the whole state, but focused on brick and mortar in Breckenridge, Vail, and Aspen. So mainly primarily just the destination ski resort markets. Um, average price house in Breckenridge, 1.9, 2 million bucks. Average price in Vail, 
four to five million bucks, average price in Aspen, eight to 10 million. Um, so it kind of gives you the um, entry level price points on our markets here. But yeah, it's a destination feeder market, so it's different. You know, none of my clients live there full time. My clients live in Texas, Austin. My clients live in Miami, Florida, New York, Chicago. Um, so it's important that they know my name and face before they ever come to Breckenridge to ski or ever come to Vail to ski. Um, and that's what I really have done best. But you know, stat-wise, 2021, I want I want to talk about was my best year personally of my career, over 100 million in sales. Um, and then last year, guys, I mean, just to be real, you know, transparency, um, I did not do a hundred million in sales and it was my worst year of my life. Um, not career rise, but you know, in, in my personal life, I lost my mother. I lost my dog. Um, I went broke financially cause I merged my business and I've spent a lot of money and I've learned financial freedom, right? Um, obviously comes with learning financial freedom and learning how to manage your finances, um, I've literally built this all on my own. No mentor, no hand me out. When I say that, nothing. I was li literally living in my truck in Breckenridge to making my first million dollars in that town. So, you know, I've, I, I learned it all on my own and I would like to just try to help people um, and explain, you know, my journey to try to motivate really. But this year we're on track to do 200 million. You know, we've already done over 25 million on the year. So we've had a good year. Um, but I do my, my, my volume... Um, I'm, I am doing it as a team volume now. So our team goals, 200 million, my personal goals, a hundred million. So I still hold myself accountable for a hundred million plus every year as a single agent. And that puts me in the, you know, that top, you know, hopefully at top 5% or so of the, of the agents in the, in the nation. Um, and it's kind of crazy too, to kind of wrap up, but you know, what, what I've done is, is freakishly crazy, to be honest, knowing that I don't have any systems. I don't have a CRM. I don't, I mean, I just started doing all this stuff. I was writing it down on sticky notes, guys, for the first three years of my life. So, you know, it's crazy to think that probably the business that I've lost, um, and that's just being real, you know? Um, yeah. but we're finally putting those systems in the place for 2023 and this will be my best year yet. And I'm truly excited for it. I love that. I love, so, I love so much of, of that and, and of your story and the, yeah, I, I, you know, work ethic, right? You talk about in your very first story of just being willing to show up and being willing to do everything. Like that's why you're able to do, like that's why you're able to do stuff even without all the systems. And yes, and you can say, imagine when I put the systems in place, how great it's going to be. But you know, agents out there, if you're listening, there's like, there's so many times we can make excuses for why we can't do something. Right. Or, or, or we need to set up the CRM first or we need to like, there's like the, so many people do ready aim, but they never shoot. Right. And bro, and I just, I just so shoot. much time. <laughs> All I do is shoot. Right. <laughs> you just got to shoot. You just got to take action because otherwise people are setting up the CRM and they're setting up this when like they're trying to find the perfect script. You're like, I'm just going to go start knocking and by the hundredth house, I'll know the perfect script because I'll know what conversations work and which ones didn't, you know, the, I love it. The, so I, most of my listeners know, I, so I went broke three times after making millions, right? And the first time I went, well, probably the second time I went broke was because I was doing so well in my businesses and my real estate businesses, but I didn't have any mentors. I didn't know anybody else that had money that made money. Um, we were wasteful with it. We didn't, we didn't, you know, put it away right. We didn't invest it right. There were so many things that I wish I would have had just one mentor. And I, when I joined the mastermind, the GoBundance mastermind 2016, 2017, it was like right after my, like my third, you know, going broke and starting again. And I found a new market in a new, in a new state that I was going to redo some of my businesses. 
And I remember that time having other people to talk to and mentors. Um, so sometimes we have to learn these hard lessons uh, on our own. You know, you have to go broke on your own to do it. The, um, you know, the, for, for listeners, we've got our, our real estate rock stars mastermind is March 6th through 8th. And there's going to be some of you guys out there right now that like, I want part of Bo's story to hit there of like, Hey, I'm doing really, really good, but it'd be cool if I had a mentor and I don't want to make that same mistake someone else did. Like, I'm just starting to get good. What do you mean? I might lose this next year. Like there's a lot of stuff that like, um, if you're an all-star in your area, you might be the lone ranger out there. Like, and there's so many listeners from there's so many different cities where there aren't other people. And if you're a rock star in your area or you want to be a rock star in your area and you feel like you're a lone ranger, then attending our mastermind in March is a great way to not be doing this thing alone, to find those mentors because we've got people that have done one deal and we've got people that have done hundreds of deals. And if you can't make it out to our mastermind in March, find a mastermind somewhere or find a meetup or start to find a network. Because I remember knowing like if I would have just had a couple people I could ask some questions to, I wouldn't have gone broke in 2013. I would have maybe accept, you know, done something different with these opportunities that were out there. So for anyone interested in the mastermind, it's go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com forward slash mastermind. Three days in Austin, Texas. It's going to be a great time. We'll probably, some people come use the cryotherapy tank at my house. Maybe some of us will go golfing after. We'll do a whole bunch of fun stuff too along with that. But, um, but I just stole some of Bo's time because what, you know, when he talked about, you know, doing it alone, it's just that reminder that we shouldn't have to do it alone. And when I learned that, my life changed. So, Bo, you've got the last couple minutes to say whatever you want about anything. How should people find you, follow you, reach out to you, um, you know, anything else? Yeah, guys, honestly, I just want to be here for y'all in the real estate community, you know. So I am starting to put my face in public more. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've done everything I've done on my own, and I've failed enough that you guys can learn from it. So, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. It's Breck Realty, B-R-E-C-K Realty. Um, same on Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, just let me know how I can help you. Let me know how I can add value. Um, that's what I want to start doing more in 2023. Uh, I'm writing a memoir. I've, I'm working on a book. Um, I'm starting to do more keynote events. I just did a keynote with 200 people in Long Island a few days ago um, with Ricky Carruth. Um, so again, just however I can be of value, please let me know and reach out. Awesome. All right. So find Bo at Breck Realty. The, uh, that's where him and I first started chatting was on Instagram. And it's one of my favorite places to get to meet most of you guys too. So uh, Bo, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. 
Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.